Welcome to Be Bold Repeat, a podcast for female entrepreneurs who want a behind the scenes look at what it takes to build a business of your dreams using mindset and marketing strategies. Your journey as an entrepreneur can be whatever you want it to be. Be Bold Repeat is not about being perfect or even getting it right the first time. We seek to inspire you to take action, whether that's clean or messy. We know that you've got this and the world needs you to show up and share your gifts now more than ever. My name is Ashley Cruz and I am the founder of Embracing the Uncertain, a female coaching company dedicated to providing a safe and supportive space for your personal or professional journey. I'm Katie Burton, digital marketing strategist and owner of Simply Social. My passion is helping business owners and entrepreneurs tell their story online so they can free up time to work on growing their business. We are so happy to have you. Make sure you're following us at Be Bold Repeat on Instagram and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts to make sure you're getting the latest episodes. All right, everybody, welcome back to Be Bold Repeat. We are on episode two. And today you'll probably notice how amazing we sound because we got new podcast mics. We're totes of fish now. And Katie, let's hear you over there. I can't tell you how excited I am about these mics. It's probably disproportionate, but I am so pumped. If you've been in the market for like, a mic and you're just not sure, just do it. Like, I'm not going to go speak out which version we got because like, we're not getting paid for it and we don't give away free labor or free promotion because that's just not part of our values. But I highly recommend it. It's huge difference in the quality of audio and hopefully you guys can hear it on the other end when this episode comes live. Yes. And there are some really affordable ones out there that have great reviews. So, um, like Ashley said, invest in it. You are worth it. Yes. Okay. So today we are talking all about the one thing that we've done to create momentum in our businesses. And more specifically, because I know y'all love them specifics, is in our sales process. And so what are we talking about? We're talking about discovery calls. Yes. The discovery call. So we're going to talk a little bit about what a discovery call is what you can be doing to make that discovery call just really valuable for your potential clients and a few other tips and structure things that we think would be really valuable because I think sometimes this type of information is not obvious and it's really easy to gloss over, but this is such a huge part of the sales process, a such a huge part of you being able to convert your client or sorry, your potential client into your actual client. And I think sometimes uh, some of the stuff that we're going to talk about today gets lost in translation just when we assume that we know what a discovery process is. So we're going to talk all about that today. So let's kick it off with what a discovery call is and what its purpose is. So the way that I look at a discovery call with any of my coaching clients is really just asking the question, what is the problem that I'm going to solve for this client And ultimately, are we a good match to fit together? So do we vibe well? Do I feel like this person is ready to step into the process that I'm going to take them through? And really just getting an understanding of 
whether or not I can serve them, right? And I think a lot of people tend to put so much pressure in this discovery call because they think they have to sell. And one of the things that I have really taken to in my own process, and it's how I coach my unbound clients with, is coming from a place of service over sales, right? Yes, we want the sale, but we only want the sale if we're going to serve that potential client in the best way possible. And if they're going to get results, because the last thing you want is to sell somebody something that they don't get a transformation out of. They're going to want their money back and it's just going to be a waste of everybody's time. So use your discovery calls. And when we talk about discovery calls, it's really just you understanding whether or not you can help solve a problem that they have and really making sure that you guys are a good fit to work together. This is just really part of your vetting process. So Katie, tell us a little bit about like your discovery process and, um, walk us through, uh, I think you have an example of your discovery call and really getting to that purpose pretty quickly. Right. Yeah. So I look at discovery calls, like you said, as just a way for my client to get to know more about me and more about my business and then vice versa to learn where they're struggling with marketing, to learn what kind of help they're looking for. So I personally offer free 30-minute discovery calls. Um, I've seen business owners everywhere from 15 all the way up to an hour, but you just have to decide how much time you think you need to one, share about your business, share about yourself, and then also have them tell you about what they're looking for. So if you're a coach where they're struggling in life or in their business right now, if you are a social media manager, what kind of channels that they're looking to get support on and really just think of it as a get to know you conversation, a back and forth where you're discovering what both people can either provide or what you are looking for. And um, echoing what Ashley said, it's really a two-way conversation. So it shouldn't just be you simply selling to them or them telling you about their problems, but really making sure that it's a good fit, kind of think of it like a first date uh, conversation. So you're not giving away a lot of stuff for free. You're not telling them how you're going to fix their business, but you are sharing anecdotes from past clients that you've worked with or sharing your methodology of how you work on social media or coaching or whatever your business is, and then giving them the time to also share what they're looking for. Totally. And I think one of the things that we talked about in preparation for the call was that there can be a lot of pressure to sell on the call right away and to get them to say, yes, I'm in. And while that's all great and fine, you don't want to go into the conversation with that pressure on the business and more importantly on the client to say yes, because if that client is feeling that pressure to say yes in the moment, they might be scared. They might get scared off and your energy might be in this place of like, Ooh, I need the sale. Can you please give me your money? And you know, that doesn't just, that never goes over well for anyone because guess what? People do not like to be sold to no matter what it is. It could be shoes. It could be a dishwasher the client wants to feel like it's going to solve a problem for them, not that they're just being sold something that they may or may not need. So Katie, tell us a little bit about how you have taken the pressure off of making the sale right on the call. When I started uh, these complimentary sales calls, I put so much pressure on myself. I always thought if I didn't sell on the call, I was a failure. And as a result, I was acting tense. I wasn't being myself. I wasn't being as conversational. 
And shockingly, people didn't convert. Well, in hindsight, totally understand why. But in the moment, I was putting so much pressure on the sale itself. And when I really switched to the mindset of, okay, this is just a get to know you conversation. I'm interviewing them just as much as they're interviewing me and coming from a place of service, everything completely transformed. Um, I think as a solo entrepreneur, one of the benefits of working with me is that you really get like that one-on-one attention. And that wasn't coming through in the beginning when I was tense and worried about the sell. Whereas when I'm coming from it as a place of a conversation and I'm going to give you all this value, they really saw a window into what it was like working with me on a regular basis and not shocking to any of you, but shockingly to me, the conversion rates went up because I'm coming from a more authentic place. I'm showing them what it's like to actually work with Simply Social and it was a complete game changer. So how I really made that difference was focusing on the gaps or the struggles that they mentioned in the call. So instead of going in with a script of what Simply Social does and how we help our clients, it was really tailoring the conversation to what that particular client is talking about. So for example, if you have someone come on the line and you are a mindset coach and they're really telling you that they are struggling with their journaling, make sure at the end of the call, when you're going into that cell mode, you're focusing on how you can help them with journaling. Whatever they mention in the call, you want to make sure to wrap that up with a nice bow at the end and talk about that thing because they know you've been listening. They know you can help in that area and you're much more likely to convert at that point. Oh, I love what you said too about just being authentic and like it being so much easier to be authentic when you take the pressure off because, you know, there's all these like things that say, oh, your authentic self is your best self. But yeah, well, but how do I show Mm -hmm. my authentic self? And that's part of the process is just taking the pressure off and really listening, right? It's not about telling the client or potential client all about you. It's about pivoting and showing them what is possible if they were to hire you and using what you just said, going back to their pain point, making sure that they understand that you can solve it and it's going to be done by X, Y, Z. And one of the things that I've done in my own business to help remind me, because guess what? I'm human and we all forget sometimes is I just have a little sticky note next to my computer screen that says, you know, stay in the energy of service over sales. That's the most important thing here. Cause that is actually truly my value. I don't coach for the money though. It is a great benefit. I love it. I couldn't do it if it wasn't, if it was free, but I love to serve women. That's truly where I'm so passionate. Um, in case you can tell, but <laughs> you know, without that value behind there, it makes it really hard to come up from a place of service. So just keep that in mind as you're, you know, working through your process, as you're refining the process and know that not all discovery calls are going to go well and that's okay. And it's a learning process and it will get so much easier the more that you can practice. Yeah. So now that we've got your mindset squared away, just treat this like a first date or when you are meeting a friend for the first time, or maybe just a casual conversation, just think of it as a way to get to know each other. Once your mindset is in that stage, everything will come easier. Um, Okay. So we've got mindset squared away. Now let's dive into the structure itself. So Ashley, how do you, do you have a structure for these calls? Do you typically follow the same 
outline or how do you go about when you have a discovery call booked? Yeah. So I do have a loose structure. It's gotten a little bit more fluid over the time just because I feel more comfortable. But in the beginning, the structure that I followed was what their number one desire was. So what are their goals? Why are they even on the call? And then asking what they feel like their biggest issue to solving that problem is. Like why haven't they been able to solve it yet? And then from there, really showing them how you can help them to fill those gaps and just really sharing like, oh, okay, well, this is the gap I noticed. And if it feels good to you, why don't we work on this together? And here's how. And then just kind of getting into you know what it would look like to work with you. So again, just to recap, it's what their biggest goal is, what their biggest gap is, fulfilling that with what your gaps, what the gaps are that you notice, and then asking for the sale and moving forward with the conversation. So very loose structure. Um, There's so much more on this specifically, which we don't have time to get into today, but um, that's just kind of the loose structure that I follow and that I coach all my clients to follow. I love that. And I think one of the most important things, and I changed this in my business halfway through and it made a big difference was having the client or potential client go first on the call. So to make them feel comfortable, I used to start off by telling them about Simply Social, what kind of services we provided, how it works, but then you lose the ability to really make the pitch personalized towards them and their business. So by allowing the client to go first, they're going to touch on the points that they want help on. And then therefore when you're pitching your business or talking about pitching is a terrible word. When you are sharing with them about your business, you're able to weave in personalized examples that go along with what they said in their intro. And I think it makes it so much more powerful. So good. Okay. So we've covered the mindset and the structure. So now we're going to get into the how. So how do you have clients book your calls, Katie? So let's say I'm interested in some digital marketing strategy. I want to know what that looks like. How do you do it? Like what's the structure of that for you? Sure. So I use a tool called Calendly. There's lots of free tools out there, um, but basically you can just set up a discovery call. I fully recommend having a link where people can click on it and schedule it on their own. You need to take out that messy step of having them contact you or you to work out your schedules to pick a time. People are much more likely to book if there's a simple link, they can book on the calendar on their own. Um, These tools are super easy to use, so don't be fearful of adding another tool um, to your toolkit, but it takes away a lot of the back and forth of setting up a call. So my number one tip is definitely to utilize a tool to set them up. And the other thing is to not be afraid of promoting them. So I'm including these links to book a free discovery call on my website, in my social media, in my email newsletter. I know it can feel like you sound like a broken record, but keep promoting. People need to see that multiple times and that is how I am getting people to book is adding value through a social media post and then giving a call to action at the very end to book a discovery call. How about you, Ashley? What's the structure of how you, you, how you set up those calls and then how do you promote them? Yeah. So I, um, do Calendly now. I'm actually getting ready to switch to Acuity, which is another tool that you're able to use. Um, there's a multitude of reasons that I'm 
switching, but we won't get into that today. Um, but yeah, it's a 30 minute call. Um, just using the structure I talked about earlier and, um, it's pretty simple. I mean, I, I definitely agree with you on that tip about having them, having the ball in their court and allowing them to coordinate on their end, like which, what time and all of that, because it's just such a hassle, especially if you have a lot of calls, you know, to try and schedule that in between, like back and forth is just a waste of time. So definitely recommend a tool and there's so many free ones. So you have no reason not to do it. I love it. All the free tools, all the free tools. And then another just quick tip for you too, is make sure you decide when you're going into these tools that you're dictating which days and times people can book. So we could do a whole entire episode about how to set up your Calendly or your Acuity account. And you feel free to DM us if you have specific questions, but basically just make sure that you're booking, allowing bookings when you have the time to really dive in with these clients and get them a proposal if they're ready to go to the next step. So that's just a side tip is make sure you're structuring your calendar appropriately when you're in the tool too. Yeah. So tactically that might look like I only take calls like sales calls on Mondays and like Thursdays, because I know that my other days of the week are pretty heavy. Um, you know, phone calls with my current clients and I don't want to have to switch into different energies, right? Like my energy with where I serve my clients is a lot more calm and more like, I don't want to say reserved, but I'm just, I'm more in tune with um, what's happening with them. So my energy is just a little bit more open. Whereas, you know, on a sales call, my job is to be very like upbeat and, you know, showing them and like, it just requires a different type of energy. So I really try not to take sales calls on the same days that I have to serve my clients because I just feel like the energy is a little bit different and I want to make sure it's a seamless process that I can go in and out of whenever I need to. So a little that tip makes so that. much sense. Yeah. All right. So we've got your mindset in the right place. You're coming from a place of service, just having a get to know you conversation with a potential client. We focused on the how, so what tools to use, how you can set up, how you can structure, which days you take calls. Let's talk a little bit about where you do these calls, Ashley. What tools do you use to have the discovery calls themselves? Yeah. So I think when I started, I was doing just a regular phone call. So I'd get the client's number and I would give them a call. But over time, I started taking all of my discovery calls on a Zoom conference line. Um, I personally prefer video conference. The service that I sell is a super intimate service. So for me, I need to be able to connect to that potential client and really allow them to feel my energy on a visual level. I think it's such a huge game changer for me in terms of how my business has grown and what I've been doing. And that is a huge part of it. Also, I know that I listen better when I can see their lips, when I can like, you know, just kind of visually get cues based on how they're feeling. And also I think this takes um, a little bit of the pressure off because when you see somebody's body language, it's a little different than if you were just to hear the inflection in their voice, something that may may make you believe that they're not interested on a phone call can show up so differently on a video chat. So like, that's one thing that I've noticed in my own process and why I only do video conferences for the most part. What about you, Katie? I offer either a video conference or a phone call. So I found that most clients choose the phone call option. So that's typically how I do discovery calls, but I am more than happy to jump on a zoom call if someone prefers that. And I think what stood out for me 
through all of these tips that we've been giving is it's okay to change your mind. It's okay to pivot. Obviously our discovery call process has changed through the even couple years that we've both been in business. So if something's not work, something is not working for you, it's perfectly fine to change it midstream. Totally. Um, okay. So we've talked about the where, and now let's talk a little bit about the timing of things and like what to do, what not to do on the call itself. So Katie, tell us a little bit about your perspective on this. Oh girl, I struggled with this more than you will ever know. This was the hardest, hardest thing for me in starting out in business. I gave away 30 minutes of one-on-one social media coaching every single discovery call I did in the beginning because I had this need or this want to like prove myself that I knew what I was talking about, that I could provide value to your business. Well, guess what? I was giving them everything that they would possibly hire for hire me for, for that initial call in that 30 minutes. So I would give them all the ideas and then they could just go run off and do them themselves. Not to say I didn't have some clients that were like, oh great, go do that for me and hire me on the spot. But really your discovery call is not the opportunity to actually consult for them or coach them on the call. It's basically just a way for them to get to know how you run your business, what type of services you provide. And don't get me wrong, you can tease your services. Testimonials are a great thing to provide or previous work examples. I have many potential clients who ask for that that I'm more than happy to provide. But whatever you do, protect this time and do not give away your services for free. It should just be a tease in order to hire you for ongoing services. Yeah. And I think it's important to call out too that like what we're talking about is consulting on specific scenarios. So, you know, consult and show that you can handle certain situations and maybe like if they have an overarching question on how you might how you look at Instagram strategy, certainly share that, yes. but I wouldn't take their specific scenarios and dive into any of that. And the simple way to kind of get around that is just to be like, great. You know, if we choose to work together, I'd love to help you with that. That's something that I, I help my clients with every single day. Right. And so it's just kind of pivoting away from giving away and undervaluing yourself. And, you know, for, to me, to be honest, like, I don't think we could ever give away too much information for free. I mean, most of the information that we have, um, that even we share on this podcast or even that we share in a discovery call, it's pretty much common knowledge. If somebody did their homework and like went and, um, did enough Google research, what they're paying for is your energy, your experience, your information, how you look at things, which is again, why it's so important going back to step one and really, you know, coming from that place of service is remembering that you have something to value or you have something of value here and they are paying you to help them with that product or service. So that's where the authenticity can kind of come back because they could go do all this stuff themselves. It's just that they don't have the time the energy or like they just don't want to deal with it, whatever the case might be. But we don't consult on specific scenarios or coach on specific scenarios. We just give them the overarching like thought process around it. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, I think it definitely makes sense. It's more of like the umbrella ideas that we're providing. Think of it like going to see a doctor or a medical care provider. You can call the office and get a general consultation and say, yes, I think you should come in for an appointment or no, I think you're okay. But once you go in for that actual appointment and are getting advice from a medical provider, that's when you're paying. 
So this is the same kind of idea. You're just making sure that your strategies or your overall ideas align. And then if that aligns, that's when it goes into the paid container space. What a great example. I'm totally using that in any, I don't even know when I would, maybe in my sales program, whatever that's going to come out. Oh my God. I love it. So good. Cool. So we've covered a lot today. So let's just do a quick overview. So we talked a little bit about what a discovery call is, a little bit around how to structure it. Um, We talked about the how, so how you're going to be using it, what products, what services might be of value to you, what tools, um, when to do it, where to do it, and then a little bit of tips on time and like what to do and what not to do during that call. So we hope that that was super helpful for you. And next week, we are going a little bit deeper, similarly on this topic, but the ideal outcome is always that the client is a great fit for you. And if that's the case, awesome. But what happens when they aren't a good fit? And we're going to talk a little bit about that in her next call, um, our next podcast, next call. Oh my gosh. In the next episode, we're going to talk all about what to do if they are not a good fit. And then also going into a little bit about when to hard sell versus when to kind of sit back and see how it goes. So we'll, we're, we're still vetting out that idea a little bit, but definitely talking through what to do if it's not a good fit. It's going to be so good. Make sure you come back and listen next week. And we also want to hear what your experience has been with discovery calls. So have they been a pain in your ass? Have they been super helpful for your business? Do you have super funny stories? Head over to Be Bold Repeat on Instagram, drop them in the comments on today's post, and we cannot wait to hear about your experiences. Talk to you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you are taking away some incredible ideas for your own business. If you liked today's episode, feel free to binge the rest of our shows and leave us an honest review. We are always open to hearing your feedback, especially if you have requests for future episodes. Each month, we'll take a look at our reviews and randomly select one winner for a free digital marketing audit or coaching session of your choice. Don't forget to hit subscribe, and we'll talk to you in the next episode.